Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Adala Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Facebook and Instagram or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's Evangelist Adalis. Welcome. Today is Friday, and it is going to be a great one. We have in-house my pastor, Pastor Joey. How you been? Good. It's so good to be here in the new studio. Well, tell everybody about your um, podcast. Yes, so we have a podcast. It's called Mrs. Rev, and it started off to be geared towards women in ministry, but it's kind of just for women in general now. So you were on it last week, and we had a great time. So yeah, so we just talk about all things leadership, ministry, Mm -hmm. faith. Sorry, I'm eating. I'm pregnant. It's okay. Go for it. I don't even care anymore. No. You know? Um, I love that segment because it's so, like, speaking to you comes so, like, naturally to me. That I felt like we could have gone for like six and a half we hours could have. like this. I was sad. I was like, why did she have to leave? Well, seriously. To come to your podcast. So, it's so anyway, welcome to um, the podcast. We are talking today, we were talking about expectation. Yeah. But um, before I delve into what we're discussing, I want everybody to get to know a little bit about you. Okay. Okay. So I'm not going to be intrusive, but if I am, you can just say next. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, how long have you known Pastor Nathan, your husband? I've known him for about 25 years, and we've been married for almost 20 years. So, You've been married for almost 20 years. How many babies do you have? Five. Five babies. Ages? 17. You're going to put me on the spot. Is the oldest. <laughs> and uh, our next one's going to be 15 soon. And we have a 12-year-old, we have a 9-year-old, and we have a 7-year-old. So, When did you feel the call of God on your life? I felt the call of God. I was, well, I got saved. I was raised in religion, and I got saved um, my, at the end of my senior year in a radical way. My life was completely changed, filled with the Holy Spirit, and um, then I went off. Back to, up. Yes. How did you get filled with the Holy Spirit after being Catholic? Well, I was at a youth retreat, mm-hmm. and I went up to receive Jesus Christ, and whenever I, like, got saved, I was filled with the Holy Spirit, and I couldn't, like, I didn't even know what happened. They had to actually explain to me after what had happened because like I couldn't even have fa- I think of people saying they faked it or was it me or was it God like I couldn't even have faked it because I didn't even know like to fake what it, it was so right. yeah so that was amazing my life was completely changed and then I went off to school and I've shared this part of my testimony when I received the Holy Spirit baptism the Holy Spirit evidence of speaking in tongues I didn't get any teaching on it like they said this is what happened to you but I thought that it had to come on me like that every time like that I wanted to pray in the spirit. So right. I, my whole year away at college, I went to Duquesne University, had a scholarship there, was pursuing pre-law, political Wait, science. I didn't know that you actually like went there. I yeah. thought that you just had the opportunity and just denied it. No. So I went for a year and then um, at the end of my year, I hadn't really been living for the Lord. Like I was like one foot in the world, one foot in, you know, my faith. Yeah. And that's not a good place to be. And I remember coming home uh, just like from school at the end of my first year being like, like, I can't live like this anymore. It's got to be all in for the Lord. And then I went to a youth retreat that summer and uh, the the, uh, preacher was preaching out of Elijah and Elisha and where he he burned his plow and no looking back. And there was a call to people who felt called in the ministry. And my heart was beating so fast out of my chest. So I responded to the call and then um, went off to ministry school. So amazing. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay, so uh, you met you met Pastor Nathan. So you guys have been married twenty how many years? In, in August, it'll be twenty years. Twenty years. You've got five babies. You felt the call of God, and you just went for it. Went for it. No looking back. And then back. Uh, when when you started, when did you start um, Champion Christian Center? Well, we did. We were youth pastors for about seven years, mm-hmm. and then uh, we planted a church in Champion Christian Center, which was New Life Church. Before that, we've. Uh, I think it was like in 2006 we launched out for, you know, with that. And then um, we bought our first building and came to the Cannonsburg area. I think it was around 2009. So, okay. And your suggestion for somebody who's just about to launch into opening up a church, what would be like if you had three things to say to um, uh, uh, the wife of, of that, like say it's a, a couple that that's going to launch into uh, full-time ministry and start a church. Um, what would you, what would your three tips be concerning them? Yeah. Um, first of all, you know, you have to know that you're called to do that. So you have to like pray. It's not like launching a new business. It's not right, like, Hey, right. I don't like my senior pastor anymore. Let's launch our own church. It's not, um, anything like that. You know, it's, it's a call, um, by God. So really you have to, to know that. And then just like pray together with your husband. Like we were on the same page before we did it. It yeah. wasn't like the Lord spoke to him and, and I was just like, okay, I'm coming along for the ride. Like I had that revelation to my own heart and, you know, it's so important for ex- women in ministry and, and pastors, wives and evangelists, you know, and, and their wives to, to all have that encounter, that want to, yeah. that the Lord speaks to them too, because it's just as much of a call. So you have to pray. You have to know uh, that you're called to do it. You have to hear from the Lord uh, on your own. You have to uh, know that going into it, you know, you're plowing, you're pioneering, and it's going to take like long hours and you're going to have to work hard at it, but that's okay. Can I interject? Can I ask you another question? Yes. This is one question that I get a lot and I don't feel like I'm like qualified to answer um, because I'm not a pastor, right? And I know that that's a whole different gift. It's a whole different avenue where I have nothing but respect for the pastor because (laughs) as an evangelist, you don't really like, you don't have to communicate too much with people. You just give the word and you know, you, there's the altar, right? Right. Um, there's not an, there's not that maintenance that you have to really put the effort in for your sheep. Right. Right. So, um, my question to you is if there's a couple who wants to go into full-time pastoral, um, but the, the wife says, well, this is just something that you're going to have to do. And she's looking for a secular job. What would be your, like, what do you think about that? Like having the, the, the husband and the wife, um, like go into, you know, start this thing, but she's kind of doing her own thing in, um, her own business venture. Yeah. You know, I mean, each, each specific couple is, is unique and I can't make a blanket statement like that's not God, but I will tell you this, you both, the ministry is unlike any profession like you can't just like I said before decide like hey let's do this let's start a church as a business or I think I would be good at this like no you both have to be called and on the same page Mm. because it's very dangerous territory especially in the ministry to start uh, crafting separate lives and, and and you know it requires so much of a pastor, his heart, his time. And it's very easy if you're not both on board with that, on the same vision, uh, 
in it together. Not saying that you, you know, pastor's wives, some feel called to be right up there on the front lines with their husbands and, and others feel called, you know, to maybe be at home. And there were seasons for me where I was home mainly taking care of the kids, but I was still, my heart was still very engaged in pastoring, still very engaged in prayer for the church and for my husband and asking him, you know, how are things going, being a support. We'd bring couples in. We've counseled so many addicts at our kitchen table because our kids were just like running around. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, you, there's a there's a part of you that has to be called and engaged. So if you if you feel like, well, I don't feel called to co-pastor or to actually be in a, in a visible pulpit ministry but you still have to have the same heart one heart together serving the lord in ministry that's the way it works best so many issues you know, i feel like it really opens a door for the enemy if it if it's any other way totally um, because it's different it's different than just a job it, i've heard advice before if you can do any other thing do it but if you can't do any other thing it affirms that you're called we couldn't do anything mm-hmm. we couldn't quit the ministry and get secular jobs right like, there's no way we could do that because it's in us mm-hmm. we're called of mm-hmm. god so, you know, it, you just can't choose it. The right. ministry, you know, is And you're confident in it. You. Right. So that, that means there's no room for a plan B or try to figure it out with your own mind. Right. You know? Yeah. And so when you um, delved into ministry, did you know that you would have, like, an open platform ministry? Like a pulpit ministry? Um, I kind of always felt, I, I've never been afraid of public speaking, although I'm not saying I'm great at it. Right, <laughs> just, right. I probably should be more afraid of it. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> but um, so, you know, I, I've never been afraid of to get up in front of people to greet the people. I didn't know exactly what that looked like, yeah. although I could feel it. Like I always wanted to, um, you know, change the world for good. And, and once I got saved, I realized that was with the gospel. So but I didn't wait for that. And I think that's so important. And we talked about this, you know, in our conversations that we've had before is not waiting for that platform to start using and growing your gift. You know, I've told you there's times where I was home with the kids and mm-hmm. I started a Bible study in my neighborhood because I felt that call. I wanted to use that gift. And even though it wasn't a platform, I started to use my gift of preaching and teaching within my home. And several women got saved and yeah. just saw their families start to grow in the Lord. So, you know, you don't have to wait for that platform, but you need to start knowing and growing your gift and exercising it. So. And as your gift grew, how did you become like more confident in that call? Do you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of people that still kind of like they venture into the call, but they kind of doubt and they're they're still not secure. There's like that insecurity. Like how do you push through the insecurity? That comes down to what we talked about before is knowing that you're called. Right. Knowing that you're called, you know, burn your plow. There's no plan B, like you said, that because there are going to be obstacles. You're going to be in times that you feel insecure, that you feel like, was that good? Did that even make sense? Like, Mm. but you just have to know the only way the only way to the other side is to go through it. You have to just continue to grow and use your gifts. You know, you would probably attest like to some of your earlier sermons were not, you know, what they are now. You know, some of my husband, who is an amazing preacher, some of his earlier sermons weren't what. So the only way to get better at it is to exercise it and do it. So you just quitting's not an option. Mm -hmm. You continue to use your gift. If you're not in the right gifting, the Lord will show you. Right. Um, You know, and and so, you know, you just start moving forward and open doors and what you enjoy. You know, your gift's going to be in alignment with what your passion is and what you enjoy, even if it scares you a little bit. Yeah. You're like, no, I find purpose in this. I find destiny. Uh, I feel my destiny when I do this. And that's, you know, good. that's a good way to know. And then um, I know because I've been in your services and also you are a speaker at Radiance, hashtag plug. <laughs> and if you have not yet um, 
registered for Radiance, I want you to do so right now at RevivalToday.com forward slash Radiance. That's April 20th through the uh, 26th. Yeah. So it's less than a month away. And if it's in the Orlando area, if you're anywhere near Champions Gate, it's going to be in Champions Gate Omni. Something like that, right? Is it? Whatever. Um, it's, it's, what is it? Champions Gate? Champions Gate, Omni Hotel in, in Orlando, Florida. And if you're anywhere near that, I, I suggest you go. Every night is going to be jammed uh, with with the word, jammed with a good speaker, yeah. uh, bringing the word, bringing fire. And um, on the heels of that, like I've been in one of your services, and um, you're not like a normal speaker <laughs> in the sense where you, um, you're like... <laughs> like everything's gonna be okay you just you're very down to earth yeah. and you say get over it get That's over right. your daggone insecurities I added the daggone but you know what I mean <laughs> um uh and and then you move in the gifts so like I know that's like an element that most women don't want to venture into because I myself was at that point yeah. as well like not knowing how to do it or how to go into working in the gifts. And when I mean working in the gifts, like even for myself, you've given me a word over my life that was like dead on for the season that I was in. And, you know, it obviously helps a person. Mm -hmm. So you do that every time you close out the session where it's like, you know, the women know what to expect now and they're receiving a word and you take your time, which I totally respect. So what would you tell the woman out there, especially in Bible school, maybe um, that wants to have a strong pulpit ministry Mm -hmm. and work in the gifts? Like, how did you launch into that? (laughs) <laughs> is that is that like a like a do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I think you know it all comes down to, you know, stewarding your quiet time with the Lord and I think that you would attest to that too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what you do in private is what, you know, happens in public. So, you know, you can't get up there and and move in power and authority if you haven't spent that time in the spirit and with the Lord and and steward your life in a way that, you know, you're living right and that you're seeking him and really, you know, desiring the gifts. And I, I pray, um, part of my daily prayer is that I would be used because you know, I feel like that's part of my calling is to, to move. Uh, my first encounter when I got saved was with Holy Spirit. Like, right. I don't know Christian life outside of Holy Spirit. Hmm. So, you know, just that, that my ministry would be a reflection of that to see, uh, you know, the gifts on display. And so I declare that over my life every day. Like, Lord, I thank you that I speak to thousands and the power of God moves on my behalf, That's that good. I operate in the gifts of the spirit, that they flow regularly in the services uh, that I'm in. And, you know, just really believing God and setting my faith, setting my expectation to yes. that level, you know. And, and as you set your expectation to that, then you learn to hear the voice of God. And then you, when you hear it, you obey. Mm. And after you obey, you're like, wow, that was the Lord. Yeah. Like, that was right on. <laughs> There's been several times I've given people words, and I'm like, this is a total, like, act of obedience, Lord. Like, <laughs> no. are you sure? <laughs> you know? Yes. And, like, I just couldn't shake it. Like, mm-hmm. I've tried to shake it. I'm like, no, I, I must have just been thinking too much into that, you know? Right. But, but when you see it happen, you're like, wow, you know? I was um, at our church. We, we had a Hispanic outreach, mm-hmm. and uh, it was neat. My son was down in the room with me, and, and this woman was coming in bringing food for the outreach. She was a restaurant caterer. I'd never met her before. And um, all of a sudden, like, I just I saw, like, a, in, in my mind's eye, like, a puzzle piece over her head. And I'm like, a puzzle piece? Like, <laughs> all right, Lord, can you, like, 
you know, clarify that. <laughs> and, um, and so, you know, I, I said, I just, can I just pray with you? And she's like, yeah. So I wasn't like, I see a puzzle piece over your head. Do you know what I mean? I, I just started to pray along the lines of like, like minister to her, whatever her need is, like, you know, just, just meet it in her life. Let the puzzle come together and yeah. just like implementing, like giving the Holy Spirit something to yeah, her. Yeah, a little like, room, yeah. And, and she said, puzzle? And she showed me her bracelet. And it was um, an autism awareness. I had no idea that a puzzle represented right. autism. Right. She's like, my son has autism. And she just started crying. And she's like, I feel like I'm just coming up against, like, a wall. And I just feel like, you know, that I just feel like there's no hope. And, and so, like, it's neat to see the gifts of the Spirit in Amazing. operation, not yeah. only in a service, but start to exercise them and step back out in faith. And those day to day, and don't be weird about it. Like, I know. Don't, don't don't make Holy Spirit weird. Totally He's not weird. So, and I just uh, see them, and then you get into this like psychedelic yeah. voice. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so anyway, but yeah, it's just learning to hear and obey. And um, as you do that, and you exercise it, and you say, "Well, I was right. That was Holy Spirit." Then I feel more confident the next time. Mm-hmm do it so now um now we're getting into like the personal things just because it's my show and I can do that um what is one like encounter that you had with the Lord that like totally changed like an element of your life like something that you can pinpoint like back where you said I I definitely like encountered God there and he changed it all for me yeah do you know what I mean like whether whether it was something where like you got over fear or it like it doesn't have to be like a like a super just something where maybe even like um you got like a revealed word to you that just like changed the way you looked even at the like the 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 message of faith yeah and there's been several times, you know, and I think if I were to say to you, like, it was 20 years ago, there'd be something wrong with me. Like, yeah. you should be having these moments, no matter how mature in your faith. The word of God continually transforms us totally. and continually changes us. And so, you know, of course, when I got saved, when I got called into the ministry, there's been times um, early in our ministry where I was struggling with um, you know, uh, being at home. And maybe I, maybe I was that wife that was like, maybe I should get a job. Maybe yeah. I should... And, um, you know, I, I remember a moment, an encounter I had with the Lord where he was like, no, like you, you and in fact, I was reading a, a book and Catherine Coleman, I think said, you know, one of the things you have to settle is to stop wavering in your calling. Like, and, and what it is is what it is. Don't ever look back. And, and so wrestling through that season and everything that I minister on is usually out of something that I've had to, a, a giant I've had to take down in my own life. Definitely. You know, there's been times, um, of insecurity where the Lord out of his love has disciplined me and said, you know what, if you don't get this right, it's going to be a hindrance and it's going to be a stumbling block to the call of God on your life. You know, there's been uh, times where I uh, was wronged. Talk about in ministry, uh, you know, felt wronged and and was wrestling through, um, you know, well, Lord, they did this again. Do you, do you see this Lord? Like strike them with lightning. And, you know, (laughs) and the Lord spoke to me like he does so kindly Mm -hmm. and said, you need to love more. And I'm like, what? Maybe I didn't hear him right. Like I need to love love more, but that's how he speaks to us. And it's always to make us better and to give us breakthrough. And when you have a heart that's receiving and saying, Lord, like whatever it is, I just want to please you. Just show me. That's good. Those are the, the most amazing encounters. Uh, when it comes to faith, I think there's been a couple times in my life, well, several times in my life that I've had to 
you know, we believe faith, we preach faith, but living it out is completely different. When you have those moments where you're like, okay, like rubber meeting the road here. Yes. Faith in action. Totally. So, I mean, there's been several. My father had a heart attack on our front lawn, a massive heart attack, and uh, he was blue, and the paramedics didn't think he was going to live. And, and I'm like, okay, Lord, like, the, and it. this is it. And, and I just spoke life over him, and we saw a miraculous turnaround. The paramedics still stop to this day. And, um, you know, there's been uh, times where, you know, I, I don't want to talk about all the trials, but really those are the times that my faith has come to, like, a challenging point where I'm like, no, this is what I believe. Yeah. And I'm over, it's overcoming faith. That's it. And, um, so, you know, the, the Bible obviously says that you're going to have these things come at you, but, but you get victory every That's time exactly through right. his words. So, yeah. um, so just coming, you know, I had a weird virus that attacked my face. You know, we've talked about that before. It was another time that I'd wake up every morning believing that God was a healer. He is a healer. I go to bed at night and, and praying and reading the word and would physically take the word and like put it on my face and yeah. believe, wake up expecting, run to the mirror and see that, that I was healed. And he healed me. He did heal me, uh, from that. But it was a point that I was like, am I going going to waver in my faith? Am mm. I going to give up? Am I going to feel sorry for myself? No. I went out and did what I always did, even yeah. though I look like a freak. <laughs> and I was like, the enemy's not going to get one ounce of this. That's like, so I'm going to continue to do whatever I was doing before that, you know, take somebody off. So. And I think that's like so integral because as we talked about today, earlier in the broadcast about like your expectancy, yeah. I find it so interesting that most people just live in this like expectancy of problem. Yeah. Even in ministry. You know what I mean? It's like, here we go again, this person, or here we go. Yeah. Instead of seeing it the way you saw it. And which is why I, I, you've, you to me have become like a great role model. Aww. You've mimicked that. I'm not just saying that because you're here. Like you really have when, when that was, the, when that attack happened to you, you had a full face of makeup on and you were up on that platform speaking. Yeah. And, and it didn't matter. Like right. most people would have been like, I'll be at my house. See you whenever I wanted to. Out. I wanted see to. See you later. Like, you know, in the soulish realm. Yeah. You want to do that. You want to retreat. You want to feel bad for yourself. You want to cry. You know, um, I couldn't even physically smile because in my face, like I had no uh, feeling in it. So yeah. Even to physically not be able to smile, like that could make you like sad or depressed. Totally. And, you know, but but choosing faith, choosing you're always going to have a decision to make to choose faith or to stay in fear and unbelief. And you got to choose faith. And what would you tell a person right now that's like maybe going through it? Maybe it's ministry. I mean, we have lots of people that, that listen and, and they, um, you know, maybe they're not in ministry, whatever, but, and on the podcast and now watching, um, on Facebook, what would you advise for like, what would you tell them is the importance of expectancy. We touched a lot about it uh, this morning with the broadcast, and me and Kofi were just talking about it, how even the woman with the issue of blood, like she had an expectancy yeah. in her heart, and it was fulfilled. Right. And the Bible says your expectancy is not going to be cut off. Yeah. What would you say to somebody right now who's struggling with, like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best, but I'm not seeing the things that I want fulfilled in my life, and I'm kind of stuck? Yeah. And, and, you know, that's a problem all in itself. Like, I'm doing my best, yet I'm not seeing. Like, you're, you have to move, and there's a, there's a shift that you have to make uh, in your faith where you realize that you're not just 
doing your best, going along, and mm-hmm. expecting things to change, that actually through your expectancy, you start to navigate through life in a different way. That what you're expecting is what you're always going to attract to you. So, you know, if, if that is a you, word. Can, you can say, you Come can on, confess sis. until you're blue in the face, but if you don't profess and uh Dr. David Oyedepo talks about this so well. Profess in the sense of it's not just a word, it's a belief. It's it's me choosing to align my faith with what I'm saying. Yeah. And a lot of people, especially Christians, go around thinking that they have faith or thinking that they're expecting for one thing, but their actions, their thoughts, and their mouth are not in alignment with that. That's so, exactly right. You know, what you're saying, what you're thinking, your actions are really modeling out what you're believing you can it takes the same amount of faith to expect something good as it does something bad that is exactly uh, right and you 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 know preach on this all the time but fear you're just setting your faith for those bad things to happen you're aligning your belief system and you're drawing it just like faith and believing in god's word draws those things to you Faith and believing uh, the report of the enemy, his lies over your life, is like drawing those things to you. That's how, you know, I hate the, the work of the psychics, of course. Yeah. And, 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 but what happens? You go there, and they spew junk over mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. and what, you align your faith to that. And then you attract it. And then what happens? You're like, oh, she was right. <laughs> right. Like, that works. Exactly. No, you just attracted You're right. all of that You're stuff absolutely right. into your life. Yeah. Because you aligned your faith, you know, with that. You it's believed it. and. And even even in the book of Job, he said, what I what I greatly feared has come upon me. But that fear is actually expectation. So it's like what I was expecting was going to happen through this power called fear happens. And it's the same way with faith. It's like that power of faith motivated me to expect something good and that's my outcome yeah and I think there's that like that discrepancy between believers that it's like even though and this is why like you and I are on the same wavelength like when they even say that you know that something's not right right because there's not a confident assurance faith is the confidence of what you hope for so that confidence is gone kaput so so, that equation is literally gone astray so uh, he's very like th- th- he works in formula. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. A plus B equals C. So if something's out of whack, then it's up to you to kind of like fix Get it all back. Yes. Yeah. And there, there's not, like, confidence. No, and, you know, you, you even hear people say, like, you go to the doctor, you get a bad report, or you hear someone gets a bad report, and what do you say? Well, I hope it turns out okay, but right, it's not looking good. Exactly. And what you're saying is, you know, that you really don't believe. Right. You're not believing for that thing. And, you know, that's really a transition, a revelation that has to come out of the Word of God to believers to start moving in the operation of the level of faith where we see these things happen. People want to see great demonstrations of the signs and wonders wonders and miracles of God and see great things happen, yet they don't want to to, to move in alignment with with what the word says about mm. putting off fear, putting off doubt, having the mind of Christ, renewing your thinking, uh, the power of your words, all of those things, they don't want to transform, yet they still want the same results. So. Exactly. 
And it's, it's really like devastating to someone's like Christianity and walk with the Lord. That's why people get so frustrated Yeah. because it's like, there's, there's something that you're doing that's wrong. And most people don't like that realization. Most people want to kind of put it up to to the Lord and say, like, you didn't come through for me or this person like kind of like influenced this or like there's an outside circumstance that has happened that is preventing me from getting. There is no outside circumstances. There's no person. There's no spirit. There's no demon force in hell that can stop somebody who's believing in the word and gravitates towards expecting to get the result. Uh, Yeah. Even look at Abraham in Romans four, you know. I think it's verse 17 it starts, where it says, you know, despite even anything in the natural, Abraham believed God, and his faith grew, even though he didn't see, even though he didn't see uh, in the natural anything changing, his faith actually grew in what God said. And that's the the point that we have to come to, where we believe more in what we've seen in our spirit and what God's word says and Mm. what we know he's promised us, and we move in that rather than in the natural experiences around us. So. I think like uh, when I when I grew up, like they always um, in, in the circle that I was in there, there, there never was like an emphasis on like, like speaking a thing and declaring a thing because it was almost like it was a time where that was very much frowned upon. It's like, are you the name it and claim it? Right. And then the more word you you get, the more integral or the more um emphasis you see that the word has on you declaring a thing in order for it to be established so i think like most people are very careless with what they say and they'll even say like i believe it but this isn't really working out for me and even that declaration of the but (laughs) is what's stunting the growth they're, they're not fully convinced that there is the light, the, the power of life and death reside in the tongue. Right. They and don't. It's such a biblical principle. And I, and I think you're right. I think, you know, it got a bad rap there for a while. Like yeah. Name it and claim it or, or even like just even, um, you know, public speakers or, or like, t- like TED Talks, like better yourself. And just if you just say you're beautiful 20 times, then <laughs> right. you're going to think. But, but it's so much more than that. The, your words carry power, but it's, it's the belief in, in what's rooted in God when you speak them that aligns in faith and establishes or what you're aligning. I always say this, what, you're, what your words are saying, you're either going to align with God's plan for your mm. life or the enemy's plan for your life. John 10, 10. You know, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God's come, Jesus come that you had a life and life abundantly. Yeah. So your, your words are either going to align with that abundant life or they're going to align with the enemy's plan to steal, kill, and destroy. And so, you know, whatever you believe in and whatever comes out of your mouth is that establishment that goes forth one way or another. You're going to have faith in God or you're going to say, hey, I'm going to have faith in what the enemy's speaking over me. But there's one, there's like one avenue. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't like have your foot in both. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's not going to work out. And if you think you have your foot in both, most of the time you're aligned with the wrong side. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you'll know. You'll know when you align yourself up with the will um, of God and you're declaring his promises. There is just like like the Bible says, put a guard over my mouth yeah. and like protect everything that I say. There is something when I when I even like am haphazardly joking around, yeah. like just that, like, you know, popping off at the mouth or whatever. I can't even allow myself to say it because my spirit like leaps in and like slaps me. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's right. And it's like because you've developed the content 
or you've developed the, the, the word of God on the inside of you. That's why it says, keep the, the word of God hidden, tie them around your neck. Think about them day and night when you're coming in, when you're going, you know, like practice it, T- tell your children when they are they're going to sleep and when they wake up and when throughout the day, that's why it's so important to have the word of God. I know yeah, like right. I always, I sound like a broken record, but it's the one thing <laughs> that like is it's the word of God, especially if you're a minister, this yes. is like, shouldn't be like an anomaly or shouldn't be like a revelation to you. But it was for me because for the better part of the 10 years that I was in ministry now going 12, two of them were active with pulpit ministry. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I never, because I never got serious about the word. So just like you said, I, I couldn't walk confidently in something that I didn't have, um, enough content to give. Yeah. So I couldn't pour out or pour over something that's empty. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I just always felt insecure. I like I knew the word, right? But there wasn't like a direct revelation that God wants for like every person to like step into. You know what yeah. I mean? And so uh I, it's just the the word. It always gets back to the it word. Does. And like the more you know, the better off. Yet you a lot of people still don't do it, you know? So and, you know, the truth is a lot of times it, that's the problem. It's a word problem. It is. They don't know that they're saying the wrong things because they don't know what the word of God says. So. And, and it's, it's, it's literally, it's, it's detrimental. It's literally killing you. Yeah. It's stunting your growth. Because the Bible says that, you know, my people are dying. They perish because of lack of understanding, lack of the knowledge of the word of God. Yeah. So you can't go through life, you know, uh, in success not knowing what's afforded you. Yeah. But you can also do the opposite of that and just c- completely walk in defeat because you don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, how can you know what to expect if you don't know what is is your right as a child of God? Exactly. I mean, if you don't know what to expect, you'll just, oh, okay, like, I'll, I'll take what you give me. How many times have you been uh, in a restaurant or ordered something online and and the prom- the promises that were given you didn't add up? What do you do? You go to them and you're like, wait a second, yeah, there's, a promise, there's a problem here. Exactly. You know? uh, I, I ordered this and this is what came uh, to my table. Take it back. And that's how it is with our faith. You know, we don't we don't uh, know what should be ours so that when we receive it, you know, if you know the word, you're like, wait a second, this doesn't line up. We talk right. about James that's right. being that's like good. a mirror and whatever. You know, the, James says the word of God is a mirror to your life. If you look into this thing and walk away and forget, you know, how foolish are you? What he's saying here is what you look into the word of God is how your life should line up in every area. And if there's an area of your life that doesn't look like that, mm-hmm. you need to keep working the word until it lines exactly. up. But if you don't know what to expect, if you don't know what that looks like, you're just going to take anything that comes to you. But, you know, when you understand what the word says and something arrives on your doorstep, that isn't in the word you could say no <laughs> return Reject. to sender exactly this is not my portion that's good so, um, what would you say is like the greatest and i'm not like talking about like sad things but yeah. i'm saying this for like the viewers that do have like a church um or people that are gonna like go into ministry what do you think for you and pastor nathan is the biggest frustration about being a pastor and like with your flock like yeah. with the people, like just something that not, not like a, not, not in a right, negative right, right. way, but like, I wish that people would just boom or whatever. Yeah. Our people are so awesome. Seriously, yes, they are. They are. Yes, they are. Um, it's hard to even think about that. I'm not even just being like, you know, kind. It's the, tr- it's the honest to goodness truth that they're yeah. amazing. And, you know, we just want to see them walk in the fullness of everything that God has for them. So, you know, if, if there's a, a season where maybe somebody's, you know, not, 
you know, living to up to their potential and they know better. And, mm-hmm. they, you know, that's those are the parts that we're like, oh, you know, we're sad. We want to see you champion this thing. We want to see you walk in victory. And but but really, honestly, it's a pure joy yeah. to pastor champion. Uh, the people are amazing and they hear the word, they receive the word and they act on the word. Mm-hmm. And um, it, they're just amazing. So uh, we're having a night worship service tonight at seven. Okay, I thought that was a question, Raina. That's not a question. If you guys have any questions on Facebook Live that you want to ask a pastor, again, this is an element for me that's not, I've not ventured in in pastoralship. So if you are even a Bible school student and are looking for any questions because you are endeavoring to become a pastor someday, now is your chance. And I have a feeling that they're going to ask me uh, questions later. Okay. So maybe we can do a, a, a second one of these yes, someday. Yes, for sure. Uh, someday soon. But <clears throat> um, yeah, that expectancy thing is really what, to me, is one of the, the most fr- frustrating things about even evangelism because you are, you're in, like we get lots of um, emails and phone calls and, and things like, it's just almost like a major problem. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just like, uh, at this point, people are calling in because the problem is so big that they there's not like, you know, they don't know how to like get out of it or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they're kind of like reaching out to here. And I, I like for me and and even for the call that God has placed on my life, I think the most frustrating thing that I see is how people can have such incredible potential. And I don't know what they're called to do, yeah. but like you see it on them and they're not fulfilling it because of fear. That's it's good. that look of fear that I just I hate it. I, I hate and I want to like go after it because just like you were saying, there's things that are in our life that are are there so that we could chop the head off of That's it. Right. Like there's Goliath was there and he was there with a purpose. And that purpose was so that David could get his promotion. Yep. But until David had discovered that there's a Goliath and he's coming against my Lord and Savior. I'm, I'm going to go after him and I'm going to chop his head off. That's right. And so there was uh, behind you killing that Goliath is is an, an incredible reward. Yeah. And I know that like after all of these trials in your life that you can vouch for the fact that like every time there was an attack, you made sure to cut the head off yeah. that giant. And then afterwards, you see that there's like a flood of, of promotion that That's comes right to be definitely so what would you say for somebody that's like you know in that in that place (laughs) where they're like well I would say stop letting okay I love the story of David and Goliath because you see Goliath is like spewing lies upon the the children of Israel like night and day night and day and you know just spewing lies about who they are and who their God is and and incited that fear in them and David came on the scene and he did he shut Goliath's mouth up he didn't let him do any of the talking and that will preach in and of itself (laughs) it's true David started talking to to Goliath he started prophesying what was going to happen in the situation that was his expectation either Goliath was going to spew his expectation and and put that on young David or David was going to set the set it straight and that's Mm. what he did he's like no this is not the way it's going to go down this is what's going to happen in this situation and so I would say stop listening to Goliath shut shut the mouth of Goliath and uh, flip the script you you start opening up your mouth out of the word of God and declaring what's going to happen in this situation and you know if you just lay down and take everything you're going to get 
beat up. You are going to get beat up in the spirit. But when yes, you rise girl. up and you say, no, I'm not listening. I'm not bowing to that's fear. Good. That's that's not what's going to happen. And you start speaking back and prophesying. Every morning when I wake up, and this is a fresh thing that I just, you talk about the times that the Lord transforms you and, and uh, speaks to you. And, and you, change, you know, I get up and I speak expectation over mm. my life. I speak out of the word of God. Like I expect uh, good things to happen to me. I expect to see the grace of God on display today. I expect the gifts of the spirit in operation. I expect my children to walk in the blessing today. You know, declaring what you're expecting from God's word. You're, you're prophesying it and you're not giving a chance for the enemy to, to spew all that garbage in your ear. You know, don't watch the news. Don't look at Facebook when mm. you wake up. The first thing that you do, open up your mouth in an expectation, declare the good things that you want out of the word of God for that day. That's so good. Yeah. So good. Chichi says, um, how do you enforce and defend the need for boundaries? And what was the situation that happened that made you realize you needed boundaries? This is probably as a ministry, great question. Yeah. As a ministry, um, as a, for, for me, there's the cutoff is the end of the service and there's nothing. So it's different, right? But for a pastor, it's like you're on call 24 seven. Yeah. So it's like in the middle of the night, if something's wrong, they're calling pastor. Right. So how do you work the boundaries or when did you experience the need for about ba- like, when did you th- think this, we got to do something here? Yeah. Uh, I'd say uh, the main thing is when we didn't have church offices and we were working out of our house. Yeah. So. Um, we had a, a church service on Sunday, but any extra counseling or anything like that would happen out of our home. We'd have small groups in our home. We'd have, sometimes we have 20 kids running around our house and, you know, just realizing that, first of all, we have to say what's healthy for, for our family. And, you know, especially as a wife, you can look at your family and say, okay, what areas are out of whack here? Yeah. And understanding that you don't have to live like that. Right, exactly. And listen, and I did a whole podcast on Mrs. Rev about boundaries. It was the very first one I did. But understanding that your life does not have to be in chaos in ministry. Yeah. That if there's something, if in any area of your life, if there's something that you don't like, if there's something that's causing you, like, a headache about it or making you not like ministry, evaluate how you can change it, how you can restructure, how you can make it better. So So you don't have to live like that. If you're in it for the long term, you want to enjoy it. Right. You know, but, um, so really just us understanding there has to be boundaries. Like our house is our home. Like we'll have people over every now and again, but for the most part, our house is just for our family to be us. Um, we don't have to clean it for company every right. night of the week, <laughs> right. you know, yell at the kids, like, get your shoes out of that. Someone's coming out of that. When it comes to, uh, you know, other areas of boundary, I, I don't give out my cell phone number anymore. I learned that the hard way. So I'll redirect people to calling the office. That's the Holy Ghost yes. right there, sis. Um, you know, get an office. If you don't have an office, get another landline that yeah. is, or another cell phone dedicated line that for is that. Just for that, and because people will call or text you, they don't mean to be intrusive, but it's urgent to them. Right. You have to learn not to let the urgent rob you of the important. Because to, to church people, you know, everything in their life is urgent. And a lot of times, if we didn't <laughs> get a chance to answer a phone call, like they figured it out themselves. Right. We'll call the next day, and they're like, "Oh no, no, we figured that out." But what we we would have sacrificed a whole night with our family. That's so good. Uh, you know, and and they figured it out themselves so the main thing is is you don't want the people as a pastor you're not called to babysit them you want to be compassionate you want to counsel them but if they rely on you for everything that's wrong yeah you want to teach them how to go to the lord you want to teach them 
to be strong enough to fight their own battles. That's good. So, you know, when you do that, you're teaching them to go to the right source, and then you don't have to be the one that's always, you know, putting out fires here right. and there. So right. You could deal with the, the really big issues or, you know, I, I and I say that, yet I meet with, like, several women through the week. Weekly, I meet with, like, five women at least for an hour each. So five five hours of my week from the top, yeah. not to mention anything extra, is devoted to women. So we uh-huh. love our our church we were always here for them but you have to understand and use your brain right and establish you know these boundaries so that you don't get burnout out right and you don't hate ministry and yeah so teach them I love it I love that you're proactive about guarding your joy and your peace yeah. because most people think this is just the lot that I have to live with for the rest <laughs> of my life I'm bombarded I have no time we have no time as a family we can't spend it together he never shuts his phone off he's never around we're always on call da 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 and and you can actively work against those things yes. by simply doing little things yes. to just tweak it. So right. it's you're not limiting your capacity. You're actually increasing yeah. your capacity so that you can do different roles that the way we're called to do. Yeah yet still be effective and still be joyful and full of peace. That's right. Yep. It's, it's, and then, you know, you have a conversation with your husband, so you're on the same page. Sure. And not in a naggy way. R- right. Husbands don't respond well to that. But, you know, you establish you boundaries were- from the get-go. Like, okay, if there's a woman in need, like, I'm sending her to you. It's right. not healthy for a woman to come to a man with emotional or spiritual issues. So... <laughs> Say that again. They become dependent emotionally yeah, you're right. on them. You're right. Um, so, so it's best if you know there is a, a godly woman that you can direct them to for counsel. That's so good. Um, so, you know, as a wife, you know, you might Safeguard. have these conversations with your husband. If you don't want to be that person, think of somebody else on staff or somebody that you trust to send them to uh, for counsel. So. That's wonderful. Good, good addition there. Uh, Serena says, I remember you sharing in your podcast, Pastor Joey, about confessions you pray over your husband. Would you be able to share some of those confessions? I think you're the one who actually had a question about how to pray for your husband as well, if if I'm not mistaken. So what would you say? Yeah, so, you know, just think about the areas that you want your husband uh, to prosper in, the things that are on your heart for him every day, and then just speak those. I have a whole list in the back of my planner over our children, over our finances, over the church, that I just make it a part of my prayer time to speak. So, you know, I I pray that my husband will keep his eyes from evil today. I thank you that he'll increase in the anointing, that he'll grow in favor with God and man. I thank you that you give him wisdom from heaven to lead our church and to lead our family in the ways of God. So just declarations like this, um, you know, that you'll be his peace and his portion today, that he'll walk in joy and strength, that health and wholeness will be his his portion. And just those things that are natural prayers, when you learn to align that with the word of God and to confess and speak that over their lives. You know, another thing that I do is whenever the enemy tries to come in with a lie, whenever Goliath tries to speak, mm-hmm. I start to declare. That's I good. declare those declarations. That's that, right. You know, over over my household, over my children. Whenever fear tries to creep in, you know, those lies of fear, and they do, I think, for all of us, yeah. they try. The enemy tries. Sure. Um, I love the Kenneth Hagin quote, you know, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in your hair. That's right. So, you know, whenever those, those lies try to come in, I just start getting out the word in my declarations. And I'm like, thank you for reminding me to, to declare that over my children a little more today. Or over so you my- have them all written, so you just declare them and like you read off of the list? Or I, have them, written, on what you I know? have them written down okay. because those are things that I've taken time to say these are priorities to yeah. me. 
you know, my, my children's spouses one day, I want that to be a prayer point, That's that good. they would be cut off from any relationship that would hinder them, that mm. would be burnout, that any plan of the enemy would be uprooted from their life, and the walk and the call and the destiny, all those things. So I'll write them down, and I'll make declarations, usually at the beginning of a new year. Yeah. But then you just memorize them. You know how that right, is. It's, right. I'm not, it's not like a religious act where I'm right. like, I <laughs> declare. But, but, it, but it's just like something that I could keep myself on track with. But, so. Okay, here's another question. Uh, what is your advice for I've been called to Bible school, but my husband's looking at it financially because it would require me to quit my job? What would you say about somebody who feels a call to Bible school and their spouse isn't really feeling it? Yeah. Well, you know, I think that you need to, to really be on the same page with this because yeah. it affects your whole family. Mm-hmm. And what I always say is, see, when I got called into the ministry, what you have to understand is my parents were still Catholic and they were my, I wasn't married yet. They were my authority. And uh, I had a full ride to a Catholic university. And so when I told them I was leaving college and going into the ministry, they were not happy about it. I remember having to make that phone call. Come on now. And I went to the Lord with it. And I said, Lord, if this is really your will for my life, you're going to have to change their heart because I will not pursue the call of God without the blessing of my parents. That's good. And I know, you know, it's different. Some people have different views. Like Mm -hmm. if God's called you to do it, go do it. But I was setting my faith. My expectation was that if he really called me to do it, that's good. And he would confirm it through the blessing of my covering. So um, and he did. Yeah, he did. They I went. They weren't like jumping up and down, but I had their their blessing and their release to go pursue because I didn't want to step out in ministry with my direct authority not being on the same page That's with it. Good. So that was just important to me. Hmm. So I would say, you know, get on the same page with your spouse and set your expectation that, you know, he'll he'll start to feel that if he's a Christian, that the Lord will speak to him about that. Um, and, and also, like, don't never let finances, though, on the other hand, like, and, and the Lord will reveal this to your spouse, but don't let finances ever stop you from stepping out in faith. For sure. Um, God will always provide. He'll yeah. always make and a way. And he'll always have it be better than what you oh, could absolutely. work for on your own. You're absolutely. like, what? why did I do this God before? Exactly. It's not equate to a paycheck. Absolutely I mean, it's so not. much more. So Pia says, Pastor Joey, I've also had some sort of virus that appeared on my face as a rash. I don't know how or where it came from, but I'm trusting God to heal it right away. How did you deal with it? How did you stand in faith believing that God will, will heal my skin? I mean, you just, you just do, you get the word of God in you and you renew your mind with the word of God above even what you see. And every morning, like I said, I get up expecting, I'd run into people and they'd be like, Oh, I don't know. Like my friend had that. And it just, it, the chances are really small as time goes on that it's ever going to heal. And, wow. and I would just speak to my nerve. And so speak to your skin, speak to your body. Um, me, my husband and I always joke, this isn't like theologically correct, but if I get a symptom, I like physically smack it because my spirit man <laughs> is in control over my flesh. Yes. So, so I'm like flesh, get in alignment with what, what my spirit man That's is commanding good. you through the word. So, but you have to be <laughs> resolved, even if you get up and it's not, you know, it, you, you can't respond to, to the symptoms. You can't respond to what you're seeing. You're grounded in the word of God. That's good. As a new believer, does praying have to be memorized scripture or can you just read it from paper that you found scripture that stands by what you're praying for? 
Yeah, I think, you know, definitely uh, if that's the way you have to do it at first, the main thing is, is your heart's in a place that you're like, Lord, this is coming from my heart. I tell women all the time, like if you have an issue that you're believing God for, whether it's finances and you're a new Christian and you don't know where that's at, because that could be overwhelming. I remember sure. even though I was raised in religion, I didn't know any of the Bible. I went out. The first thing I did after I got saved is I went to a Christian bookstore and I bought a children's Bible because I wanted to know what the heck the pastor was referring to <laughs> when he was talking about stories and Sure. So, you know, even if you just have to Google like uh, finances and get the scriptures and then as you're believing God and declaring that over your finances, yes, you can read them off of, of course, read yeah. them up. I post them everywhere in your house. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if it's fear, look up verses on fear and That's just good. post them everywhere in your house or read them. Uh, for your prayers, for sure. And and uh, the word of God also says to keep it ever before your yeah. eyes. So writing it really is significant. Yes, uh, for sure. To, especially if you're just a new believer and you get this down like right away. Yes. I mean, you'll <laughs> save yourself from a lot of heartache there. Well, these are really good questions. <clears throat> um. Well, I think that's it for the questions. Thank you guys for watching. Yes, it went fast. It yeah. did go fast. We st we snuck in a lot of content in there. Yeah. Like really, like loads <laughs> and loads of questions. I know I didn't really prepare you because I just said, let's talk about expectation. Yeah. But we did talk about expectation. We did. But I just really wanted like uh, your take because I I love, I like appreciate the gift and um, the, the pastor in you. That gift of pastor is something that to me is like just... A literally like a gift. You really do need to know that you're called to yes. do what it is. And obviously you see the fruit of, of, uh, you know, right. that calling because it's, it's, it's an accurate, I That's mean, right. you, 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 you're busting at the seams. Yeah, We're going to need yeah. a third location That's shortly. Right. And when you're walking in, you know, what God's called you to do, there's a grace for it. Just like totally. evangelism. I mean, traveling, everyone thinks it's so glamorous, but you know, there's a grace for it. Totally. You walk in it. Yeah. So. There's, and, and that's the thing. There's like hardship in ministry. Not that we focus on it, but like, if you really start thinking about it, there's things that like we go you through, but you don't focus and on it. It's like in every job. Like if you, if you worked, if I did go become a lawyer or right. whatever, there would be hardship. Like there people, would be. People are in this disillusionment that, that everything else is easy and ministry is hard. And like, let me tell you, most up. of the time it's females. Yes. That, and, and it's sad and that's why I even started the radiance movement yeah. or the radiance thing, whatever you want to call it, because of that. Because I, when I found you, I thought I found something good. And I'm not letting go of this thing <laughs> because it was like I, after all of the churches we visited to, no offense, anybody. But like uh, there was loads and loads of churches that I went to where the, the wife was MIA. I didn't yeah. know. Like so there was nobody that I could like look up to in ministry and say like she's happy. Yeah, she's successful. She's got a very like well functioning marriage. They love each other. They're still in love with each other. You yeah. know, there isn't like that was so hard for me at, when I when I got married at 21 years old to find somebody that was thriving in ministry and joyful in the ministry. And like, you know, just all engines going, this is where we're headed. We're doing this as a family and we're going to get the job done and you do it. And it's like an adventure. Yeah. Like you guys have an adventure. an adventure every, every week you follow, go follow <laughs> uh, pastor Joey on Instagram. It's like every week you're at a new place. Every week you're doing something different, but at the same time you're living a normal life. Yeah. So it's not like, I, I think most 
people in ministry feel like, well, it's just a sacrifice that we just have to. And this is what I looked at like Mm -hmm. ministry for a very long time because I I found it very difficult to find women that were thriving and like full of joy walking in their calling because most of the time it was, we don't really see him around here because he's just always, you know, (laughs) counseling and, you know, dad, the, the, the kids don't even recognize them. Sometimes I had like a w- females, like pastors, uh, you know, the, the wives of, well, we don't even, you know, uh, sometimes he doesn't, the, the little one doesn't even recognize his father cause he's just never around. And like, like, you know, snide remarks yeah. like that. Yeah. And you're like, what? Yeah. I need to find me some, a better like, well, bunch. yeah. And you know what? Like I said before, that's like common sense to like restructure your life. Like right. it doesn't have to be like that. And on the other end, like as women to understand there are going to be seasons that are, are busier, but if your husband were in any <laughs> career, any profession and was successful, he would be gone from your house. Exactly. And we've, and we've always adopted like whatever you feel like as a woman is what's going to project to your household about ministry That's and good. about church. Like I've always been very positive because I truly feel like that. It's yeah. never been something I've put on, but, but you know, we, we always are excited about that. And when my husband does have to go out of town, like the kids are like, yay party. Yeah, it's few and far between, (laughs) but we do fun stuff, right? We'll have frozen yogurt for dinner or something fun just because, you know, life's fun. Just one last question or comment that you I want you to like, um, uh, you know, run with is like, I've heard you say like, there's no bad mouthing the ministry in this house. Like we will, we, when we do the ministry, we do it together and we keep the joy in ministry. And like, you can tell like your children are very spiritual, you know what I mean? And, and they honor and have a reverence for the ministry, which I think is very rare to find, especially like your kids go to public school. Yeah. And they're fully functioning people that love the Lord. They they are good Christian kids. Like what would be your advice for the mother that's struggling with the kids um, in, in that regards where it's like they're sitting in the back and they're playing their Nintendo whatever with headphones on and they're totally disengaged, totally not even, you know, like, you know, these they're going down the wrong you know, way, what would you have to seeing that success? And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you as, as a person that's preached in several hundred, not me personally, but we've gone to to churches. It's a rare thing to see your children on the front row, listening and, and taking in the word of God and being active and not jaded because of the ministry. What would your advice be for women in the ministry to keep like that, at bay, like keep the jadedness. I'm all ears too. Cause I don't want that for yeah. Camila. Like now that she's going to school and we're not in it every single day, yeah. I don't want her to grow accustomed to things and I don't want her to be jaded because of outside so- sources. Right. What would be your um, advice for that? Well, first of all, you know, we're Christians yeah. in ministries, what we, what, how we flow and use our gift for God, but we're Christians first. So that means in everything, even as pastors, we're Christians first. That means in our home, we don't play secular music. We, you know, uh, we guard that. We, we have time that we read and pray as a family. I'm not saying we sit down like the Walden family, like, uh, (laughs) you know, good night, Laura, good night, whatever their names were. But, (laughs) but I'm saying like, it's a priority, it's a value to us, whether we're in the ministry or not, we're having Christian uh, prayer times with our children. We're in the Bible. We're asking our older boys, what's, what are you reading in the word? 
What's it speaking to you? That's have you good. been reading the word? You know, or have you been praying? And then we take time to do it together just to protect that. Mm. And they know, like, whether they're in school, whether they're on the, the football field, like, we're Christians first and everything else is second to that. That means your character aligns with the That's word good. of God. Your leadership aligns with the word of God. We're always reflecting him. And when you walk with that fear of the Lord on a daily basis, a good fear, because yeah. I love him and I yeah. want to, you know, steward my life for him then it keeps everything in alignment another thing is you lose the authority when you don't watch your mouth as a woman in your household if you're speaking against your husband if you're speaking against the ministry you're you might think that you're expressing it and it's feeling good and the kids are like yeah let's stay home you know and you're aligning with them but you're undermining the authority in your household so Uh you have to guard your mouth guard your mindset even if I'm feeling something, I don't speak it in front of my children. And then I correct my heart. Right. Because what happens is after you speak it, it's out there. And they're like, yeah, mom feels like that too. Mom's mad at dad because he's not home yet. Too, right. You know, and complaining. And and so you really have to have a fear of God and watch your mouth, watch your mindset. Don't talk about people in the church. We, we don't talk negative. Like don't, our, our kids preached with us, I think this past year. And, and one of our kids, and I didn't even know this spoke to him, but he said, my mom and dad are the same uh, at home as they are on Sundays it's not like my husband's preaching and then going home and punching a wall right on Monday night like <laughs> they see consistency and he said they don't talk about people in the church bad in front of us they said we don't hear them you know talk bad mouth people That's in the good. church like yeah. just be consistent be a child of God be live in integrity and with character and if you do make a mistake humble yourself and be like you know I was wrong and yeah. they'll learn from that too totally. but don't let it go unsaid and then not too long ago I, I had to go somewhere and my husband I think we had a commitment like for a couple nights in a row because sometimes that happens sure and she was like oh do you have to leave and I quickly uh, changed her perspective I said Ava right now part of the ministry that you can have if you want to use your gift for the part of the ministry that you can have is letting mommy and daddy going and having a good attitude about it I said that's you ministering to the Lord where you're at right that's now so look at it as your ministry and I remember Ruth Graham I read a book of hers and she said that's what she would do when her husband was traveling the world she considered it her ministry uh you know unto the Lord she couldn't go out there with him right and be wherever where he was but it was her ministry letting him go with a good pure heart that he didn't have to call so home wondering good. if he was she was mad at him yeah the kids were unruly like that was her ministry yeah. so consider that your ministry let your kids adopt that as hey so this good. isn't just me not having my mom and dad like we're doing this under the Lord tonight and it's fine and we'll have a game night right and and bring balance if we have busy seasons in the ministry we'll go do something fun like after Easter every year we usually head to Hershey and go to Sight and Sound Theater and just have fun as a family because that's a busier season or a pastor appreciation every year when we get blessed by the church we take them out and let them choose a gift so we appreciate them for all that they are and all that they do so I was listening to um, a person he's like really successful and he was saying that if you want to raise up your children to be like you or to, to be great you just envelop them in whatever it is that they're doing or that you're doing and you make it their reality so if it's uh like a um i think he was like a sports uh commentator and he's like i want i want my child to to go in this way he's interested in it so i just bring him around and i have him there and then it's it just comes as second nature as opposed to something that you have to put on yeah and so you like telling Ava this is your ministry and her recognizing this is my ministry and I could do this ministry is is really you know kind of you know setting the pace for the future so that they know I can be in ministry now 
now. Yeah, yeah, I am in ministry now. This is my ministry, and I can activate these different doors. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and expectation. Exactly. So, you know, our kids sit with us during long services because that's always been my expectation. Yeah. I've never been like, hey, you know, go ahead and, and play on your, you know, whatever. Sometimes at different ages, people have to do things to get through a service. But when they came to the age, like, you know, that was always our expectation. Mm. Like, you're going to be on the front row, you're going to sit up, and you're going to listen and hear the word of God. You know, they can hear. They receive the word. So, um, you know, no condemnation if you have a two-year-old or whatever. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) With an iPad. But, but, um, but yeah, so, so just setting that expectation. Set expectation for your household. Establish values. And you're so right. That, you know, you teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. That's so it. You could preach till you're blue in the face, but if you're doing something different. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we, I'm so, so, seriously, I could sit, sit here and talk uh, yeah, for the next, fun. like, two and a half hours. Let me eat this piece <laughs> of cheese. Um, if you guys had any more questions, um, we'll get to them on the next segment. We'll have Pastor Joey, of course come back on um (laughs) thanks for watching everybody on facebook live and if you've yet to subscribe i want you to do so now this is the adalas podcast something like that adalas shuttlesworth i don't even know and then if you have not subscribed to pastor joey's uh podcast what the heck are you waiting for it is Mrs. Rev. I think it's the Mrs. Rev. Is it the? So you have to. Because podcast is very particular. Like if you put one letter out of balance, it's like not going to find you. Um, So the Mrs. Rev. No dots, no nothing, right? Uh, Just kind of like one word. I think it's Chi Chi. (laughs) Um, You're watching Chi Chi. The Mrs. Rev. Yeah. There's no period. No. So um, I am almost, and, and it's available on iTunes. It's available on Google Play. It's available on Spotify. And we do have a closed Facebook group that you can join where I'm going to go live um, just with some personal stuff, some, what I'm reading, things I love. That's good. we could talk and uh, chat as well. So. And then tell everybody about Al Ministries. So Elm and Ministries, is church, uh, Chick Church, Chick church coming is, about? Yeah, April 5th. April so 5th. We have uh, Elm Ministries is the ladies' ministry at Champion Christian Center, and we have a blast just uh, coming so together. Good. We come together once a month, and we have worship, and um, I preach the word, and then it's uh, for women, of course, and then we have our L events twice a year that they're fun. It's almost like a gala. You get up, and you get dressed, and uh, like dressed up, and then you come, and we have fun together, so... Follow L on Instagram. So follow L on Instagram. Um, give a give a, a subscription button thing. I don't know. Uh, subscribe to her podcast. <laughs> you are going. Uh, your life will be changed. You want to listen to this woman. Trust me. Also, she's going to be a speaker at Radiance. So uh, make it down to Florida, April twentieth through the twenty sixth. And if you have yet to purchase a book for the Mighty series um, thing, you know what I'm saying. Uh, I don't even know what I'm saying. Go to themightyseries.com and purchase a book. Easter baskets. Yes, they're just, they're so I mean, good. it's, they're beautiful. They're prime for that. Yeah. You put, place that right in the back and then you place all of the little treats in front yes. of it. You just so get, nice. I mean, it's going to be a home run. Very good. You're welcome. Yes. Themightyseries.com. <laughs> I love you and I'll see you next week. <laughs>